Hey, Travis, you know what this is? What is that, Justin? I'm back on the drinking bandwagon. You know what that means. Just a bit outside. 2020, the ninth season of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. Welcome all to the official podcast of the greatest fantasy baseball league in all the land. This is just a bit outside. I'm Travis Hagan. I'll be joined right alongside Justin Deering tonight. 2020 is upon us. The first off-season show is here, and that means we are ready for some real-life baseball. Justin, you're back on the drinking bandwagon, so it must be baseball season. How are you feeling heading in to the to the 2020 campaign? Well, Travis, since the last time we spoke, it had, there a lot of things have happened. Let's be honest. Um, I want to address the elephant in the room, um, the, the thing that we're going to talk about most this year. From now on, can you please refer to me as award-winning podcaster, Justin oh. Deering? Come in. I'm writing that down. Yes, that is my official title. It comes with the award. award. Okay. Who would have thought? I didn't you forget you guys. Last week, you won a big award uh, for uh, seemingly, uh, this is weird to me, not this podcast. So, Which what is crazy because pod- this is obviously the most highly produced podcast that I've ever done in my life as we record in a uh, room that we don't own that we're borrowing from another podcast that we happen to be friends with. <laughs> no names shall be mentioned this evening. But no, I appreciated the love that I got from uh, – two people out of the 10 people in this league. Um, it was, it was a big day for me and, you know, career changing when you have the brightest idea in the state of Texas for the year. Mm. It's just a, it's a good day to be a dragon. What can well, I say? Congratulations. Award-winning podcaster, Justin Deering. It's, it's a blessing to have you a part of just a bit outside as we kick off. Is this our fourth season of just a bit outside? I think this is the fifth homie. If right. you count the playoff run we did, I don't think that – does that count as a season or does that count know. as a, hey, it's I've kinda, got a cool idea, and everybody's like, oh, this is cool. Let's keep doing it. And we're like, crap. <laughs> <laughs> so, Travis, well, let's let's address the other elephant in the room, the, the trash – the dented trash can-shaped elephant and the eventful offseason that is, you know, what I thought we'd talk about would just be the Anthony Rendon signing with the Rangers, but that didn't happen. Um, I think we need to spend a little time talking about the Houston Trashtros or um, the Asterix or the 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 worst cheaters in the in the history of baseball, worse than the the Black Sox. <laughs> so, talk. Let's just start from your standpoint, Travis. I know you have been saving up things you want to say about this scandal. So let's start from the top. Just tell us how you feel. I hate everything about the Houston Astros in every way. It's not a surprise that they're cheaters. Um, what is surprising is the complete and utter lack of remorse that this team is showing for their cheating in 2017. The Houston Astros have been nothing but a masterclass in what not to do in a PR scandal. 
This has been a travesty to the sport. This has been one bundle after another from one Houston Astro player after another. And I do not understand why this team cannot show one bit of regret for everything they have done to not only the sport, but to good fans like you and me. Uh, I, I haven't actually watched a real baseball game in a couple of years because I cut the cord, but I see where you're going with that. And I agree. I think, um, you know, being in PR as a profession, dude, mm, you're award, award winning PR podcaster. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. There is a case study on what not to do. Oh, it is clearly. very much available. And I'm telling, like I put on my Twitter when it happened, I said, man, I wish I was, applying to present at a conference right now because my presentation would be over the Houston Astros and what not to do in a crisis because um, it was bad. I mean, when you have your owner sitting in front of a microphone and he says, I do not believe cheating and what we did affected a single game. And then less than two minutes later, he said, I never said that. I won't go into politics, but I feel like he's taken a master class from someone else on how to not to how to handle life. Um, The Corona flu. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we won't go into that. I've been dealing with coronavirus all day and I don't want to talk about this here to talk about baseball. But yeah, the, the. I'm excited to – I want to know who has the the Twitter handle for how many times the Astros get hit with a baseball this year. I want to know um, if there's a website out there that says, did Alex Bregman get hit with the baseball today? And when you click on it, it either says yes or no. Um, these are all ideas that we should do if they're yeah. not already out there because we could easily sell some sponsorships at the bottom. But this is – the best part of it is, and I'm not saying anybody in this league is this way, but the fans that are like, we got a ship, we got a, we got a ring. Oh, well, we got a oh. ring. You're doing the same thing. That's the thing that drives me nuts is if you go to Reddit or you go to any of these message boards and you have the nerve to say they don't deserve it, they cheated, you're going to get slammed by Astros fans saying, uh, where's your flag, Rangers? Well, guess what? We don't have one, and neither do you. Look. <laughs> The 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 take that you would rather still have your quote unquote championship, okay, even though factually and with a great amount of evidence from their own players cheated to get that championship, you would rather have that kind of championship. I will take 2011 every single year as a Rangers fan over this crap, okay? Every time I will take that. The idea, this is one of my favorite Jim Crane quotes from that laugher of a press conference at the start of spring training. This didn't impact the game. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This absolutely impacted the game, knowing or at least having an idea of what is coming towards you impacted the game in tremendous ways. And for these these losers and, and these fans of this loser team, of this cheating team that want to defend them, I, I don't get it. I absolutely do not understand it. I love the fact that it took me one listen to memorize Alex Bregman's speech that he gave. (laughs) That was a speech? Yeah, it was a sentence. Um, Or 
the fact that Altuve, who does not like taking his shirt off in public, as I do that in air quotes, went into the locker room three days later and took his shirt off to show that he had a crap tattoo. Um, and that's not even the same season. I mean, we, we aren't even getting into electronics and buzzers and why uh, didn't homeboy no. take his shirt off. That's episode two. So if you're not in for that, you might want to not show up next time. Um, but the best part of this whole thing is you have done enough Houston Astros. You have done enough cheating and pissing people off that Mike Trout had a voice. Mike Trout, I didn't know the man could speak. Oh, yeah. Until this. And he had something to say. The best part of this whole thing is the Bellinger versus Correa thing. Gosh, I would love to see them fight because we mm. know how fragile Correa is based on his massage injury last year. <laughs> um, please continue to tell me all the things that you aren't remorseful for, all the things that you don't think you actually did. And please, please tell me where the website is that I can find how many times Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve have been hit with a baseball this year. Look, as uh, we're clearly going to be talking about this uh, crap uh, uh, that comes out of Houston uh, for a while, uh, but um, I want to give a plug to perhaps one of the greatest Twitter follows. It's uh, at Asterisk Tour. Uh, it's the 2020 Astros Shame Tour on Twitter. And uh, they're as close to what you're talking about, Justin. They are ruthless, and they will retweet all the great uh, Houston asterisk junk that is out there. Uh, asterisk tour on Twitter. It's a good follow. Well, like we said, season five of Just a Bit Outside, which means it's time to change it up a little bit. We usually open with my favorite segment, the one not about baseball. But today we have rebranded the show. This is still just a bit outside, but we do have some new segments. And we are going to start with my new favorite segment mm. right here. This week in cheating. All right, Travis, here's how this is going to work every week. You don't even know what I have for you yet. No clue. I didn't know I we were changing you. segments. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I told you it was going to be the first pitch, but we're doing a new segment called This Week in Cheating, okay. and it's going to come down to one question just like the first pitch used to. It's basically the first pitch, just with a different topic. Um, I have something I'm going to read you off the internet, and then I have a question for you at the end. You let me know what you think. Are you ready? Okay, I am ready. An internet user, this comes from The Sun. This uh, I don't know where it's located, but an internet user has claimed they caught their husband cheating on them by listening to secret recordings stored in the couple's Amazon Alexa speaker. Sharing her story on Reddit, user Becky, shocker, her name is Becky, <laughs> said she scoured through the Echo recordings linked to her Amazon account when she realized one of them featured the groans of her husband romping with another woman. Becky, who claims to be 32 years old, said she parented a six-month-old baby with this man who she did not name. She said originally she found out that about the affair 10 months ago, but her husband had claimed it was a brief fling. Alleged audio clips found more recently on her Echo device, which makes recording as users speak to them, proved the sordid affair was still going. So here's my question. I have a two-part question for you. All right. Travis, my first question. Have you ever said, hey, Alexa, right before a romp with your wife? <laughs> <laughs> I heard your Alexa. <laughs> you didn't 
You didn't expect that one, did you, buddy? No. All right. So the real, the real question, the real question is: Does this cheater deserve to be punished? The answer is always yes, Travis. A cheater always deserves to be punished. Let's get into the big story. (laughs) (laughs) Big story. 2020 is the ninth season of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. So, Justin, as we look at our free agent class of 2020, I want to start with this. In your view, how do we break down the tiers? Who's our top tier free agents heading into that second tier of free agents? I mean, I think there's a natural break. I mean, if you're going off projections, um, there's a natural break between – uh, one and two, but I think JD Martinez and Bryce Harper in the same co- conversations, obviously a tier one. Uh, but I do think there's a natural break between maybe eight and nine, even though the point difference is much, isn't much different. You stop at Verlander after Verlander, you got Trey Mancini. I'm not sure that at 485 pro- like projected fantasy points. I don't know that that Trey Mancini name is super sexy. I think in, if you're looking at all players, all points on the board, you have eight tier one players, and even in those eight, I again, I'm not convinced that Jose uh, Jose Abreu is a tier one player. He's consistent as can be. I'm not convinced that DJ LeMayhew is going to be able to replicate what he did last year. Chris Bryant is a is a question mark in my opinion. Marcus Simeon, big year last year. Can he do it again? Uh, there's quite. I mean, it's. What was supposed to be the greatest free agent class we've ever had was thrown off by the extensions of multiple players by the name of Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and a few others. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say it on the first episode. I'm looking forward to 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Perpetually always looking forward to the next season. So as we look at the class, and let's just, let's just focus this in on, um, because clearly, um, we're in on, we, you know, we have skin in the game as well as we head in the free agency bidding. Um, but let's look at this from a, a larger fantasy baseball perspective with our particular free agent class, Justin, and, and even more so with just 2020 impact. Who is the guy in this free agent class that at the end of this season is going to have the greatest impact? Uh, fantasy point, but also the guy that may. Uh, potentially, you know, put their team over the top at the end of this ninth year of Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball? That's a tough question that you didn't give me time to prep for before the show. So I'm going to go out on a limb. Prep? Yeah, prep. That's one thing. Uh, award-winning podcasters do prep. Um, I opened all the windows on my computer before we started. Um, so I will tell you, I think it's not going to be one of those top eight names. I think we've always had this mantra about you got to have top 20 players to win the championship. And I agree but every team, for the most part, I think will have at least one or two top 20 teams. Some will have three or four, um, but I think every team will have somebody in that top 20. So, I mean, if you think, if you kind of click down to page two or page three, I think there's some guys who had big years last year or big years the year before, and maybe we didn't see them last year. I think um, anybody who goes out and has an opportunity, I think you're going to get a steal on some of these page two free agents. Um 
Is Nomar Mazzara going to be somebody big at 410 projected points in a new city with a new start? It feels like every time someone leaves the Rangers, they find their way. Uh, Chris Davis obviously was a big free agent early in this league before he learned how to strike out again. Um, Didi Gregoris, uh, he's going to have a full season under his belt after the injury last year. That's a big one. uh, Miguel Sano, he he was building on a big year last year, kind of fell off towards the end. And then pitching-wise, I think Frankie Montas is one of those you may want to look at because, you know, the – drug suspension or whatever it was last year. He missed the second half of the season. He had a strong case going, so just kind of see what what that looks like moving forward. Can he play a whole season and continue to build on what he had last year? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think from the, you know, the the upper levels of this, and, and clearly, you know, I, you and I were talking about this in pre-show before we started recording, you know, how much do we want to talk about? We don't want to give away any of our thoughts necessarily before bidding, but but really when we're talking about some of these top tier guys, I mean, we all know Bryce Harper's good, right? We all know, you know, like these guys, you know, Bryce Harper comes out as the number one free agent when it comes to 2020 projection fantasy points uh, for for Harry Doyle Fantasy Baseball. But but so talking about some of this as generally as I can, talking about that upper echelon of our free agent class, look, um, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways it's going to be I'm going to be curious to see when it comes to 2020 alone, how Bryce Harper responds to what we can all agree was not the greatest first year in Philadelphia. So what Bryce Harper are we getting? So from that standpoint, if Bryce Harper comes out and he's MVP caliber Bryce Harper, like we have seen before, if he is top 10 fantasy point Bryce Harper, like we have seen before, Bryce Harper has an opportunity to be a game changer, you know, kind of a big free agent get here uh, in 2020. I I agree there. I think um, the thing about our league and the blind bids and kind of the the ebb and flow of each offseason, we've seen some big contracts signed a couple years ago. Contracts came down a little bit other than, you know, a few here and there last year. Um, Are people scared of Bryce Harper because of last year? Are people scared of – you know, a Chris Bryant because he's had a down year, a down season and a half. Um, are people looking at multiple position flex for other players? Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what those numbers come out because I all we always have it every year in the first round. We have those head scratchers. We're like, man, how did they get that guy for that cheap? And that's part of the fun of a blind bid is people are going to get steals. People are going to overpay. Um but if you notice, a lot of times on a lot of these years, there's very few moments where someone overly overpaid. I know we all go back, and I know all last season and the year before that or whatever season Chris signed Arenado and Machado, I was giving him crap, but I was half a point behind him on every bid, so we valued them the same. Um, so I just, I, I'm interested to see what the value for some of these players – I'll say it, J.D. Martinez, is his value as good as it was? Because, I mean, I think I don't think I'm breaking news here that a lot of people don't expect him to have anything other than utility yeah. uh, eligibility next year. He's going to be a pretty close to full-time DH in Boston now. Right. He's not going to get the, the 20 games or 25 games, whatever it is. He needs to be an outfielder next year. So is he a multi-year contract? I don't know. Chris Davis last year had a three, almost a 250 point drop off 
Um, and he's a top 20 free agent this year, and he is projected to bounce back at almost 150 points more than he scored last year. Um, he had a down year. He bounced around the league multiple times last year with trades and things like that. Is he going to hit 220 again, or is he going to come back and hit 40 home runs down to 23 last year? There were some injuries, but the injuries were only 18 games. I mean, people look at Chris Davis's line from last year. I'm talking Chris with a K, not the other Chris. Um, they look at his line and they're like, oh, well, he had a down year because he was injured. He only missed 18 less games than he missed the year before. So it's not, I mean, that's a lot of games, but that's not like half a season. So it's there's a lot of interesting cases. There's a lot of people I'm interested to see how big the contracts go. Me personally, I feel like we're looking at a down year on numbers that come out. I don't think we're going to have those huge contracts we've been looking at in the past. But I think I said that last year and still had a $35 contract for Max Scherzer. So who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, so there's a couple things there. You know, when you start talking about the intricacies of Harry Doyle fantasy baseball and especially how, you know, uh, we are unique. You know, our league is, I, I don't know of another league that, conducts free agency the way we do so when you start talking about the intricacies of a blind bidding system that we conduct some of those things obviously come into play right um the long-term value how much money and you said a couple of things that um are, are becoming uh, i guess pet peeve words of mine especially when it comes to a blind bidding free agent system that we have steals and overpays because uh, I, I don't think that in a blind bidding system that we have, there are things such as steals and overpays because our blind system is not about, you know, army versus Tigris or it's not about any team versus another team or owner versus owner. It is army versus the salary cap versus their needs or perceived wants right so it all comes down to the owner looking at what they have and what they need and then balancing that with your own salary cap and contract caps and then going out to the present pool of free agents and saying okay how is this going to work i'm willing to pay this this is a value for me i believe that this could fill certain needs and and kind of projecting those things that's where things get tricky which is what i love about this league absolutely love about this league because when we value these trades that happen so often in harry Toll fantasy baseball we're not valuing player to player right we're not valuing fantasy point to fantasy point we are valuing uh contract we're valuing uh, you know, is that player playing beyond that contract or under that contract? What's the value of that player's points versus their contract and, the, and their, their years under control? All of that comes into it. And guess what? Each of us, all 10 of us, all 10 franchises look at those things differently because we're all in different places, right? Los Tigres is clearly into 2020. They are into win 2020. Aiken's and 2021, Army. 2022, and 2023. Yes, Let's okay. be clear. Aiken's Army for 2020, we're not sure yet. Okay? We don't it's hard to be know. sure with two players. It's really hard to be sure <laughs> with two players under contract. So the point being there, though, is that every franchise is coming into this at different places and whatever path or window that they view themselves in currently. I, I see where you're coming from, but – 
I will say that there are steals in this every year. It can be a pet peeve if you want, but like, look at Brady, rest in peace. Last year, <laughs> um, he put out a couple bids. He was, he literally put them out, texted me, and he said, "I threw some bids out because I assume I'm going to lose those." like it's kind of like a safety net. And I know there's other people in our league that will put out a feeler to make sure no one like steals Anthony Rizzo for $2 or something. And Brady ended up last year when, I mean, if you recall when the thing ended last year, we were all on Brady's jock about his free agency and that we saw how that worked out. He got kicked out of the league. Um, What had nothing to do with free agency. So what is, what is your two cents or your view of just putting bids with the assumption that you're going to lose. Don't you put bids in because you think it's your best offer to win the player? Uh, I would not say a hundred percent of the bids I've put in across the time have been a bid to win. Uh, because I can tell you that there's bids that I'll probably put in this year that are safety net bids that I've looked through the, the free agents. I've looked at what has been done before and and things like that and you just kind of see somebody and you're like you know if no one bids on this and my two dollars for one year wins i got them for one year um, i fully don't expect to win that bid but if i do heck yeah let's make it happen and let's run and win a championship all right but but in my salary cap if let's just take let me pick a random name i'm not even picking somebody that i i'm gonna click on page four some no one's bidding on anybody on page four so let's take um Let's take – well, Clayton Kershaw's on page four, so we won't go that far. Um, let's take Joe Musgrove. Let's say that Joe Musgrove is a quality – he's a 361-point pitcher, but let's say that number's higher, but he had a rough year last year, or there's a lot of pitchers before him, but you know and you've heard and you've read that he's going to have a bounce-back year. He has potential to have a bounce-back year because a lot of these things are gambles for all of us. Every pick we make is a gamble. There's no sure thing. Ask everybody. Ask Travis, who had Bryce Harper last year. He's a good player, but he wasn't a great player. Um, I may throw a two dollar bid on that just because if no one does, he's going to be a hotter commodity in, in round two. So, like, I think there's a strategy in round one of looking deep and finding those players that you know aren't first rounders, but you can steal them in the first round with a cheap bid. That's where I think the steal comes from. Mm. All right. No, I. I... I, I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. I guess I guess generally I've looked at bids from from a from the angle of I'm placing this because I think it has an opportunity to win the guy. Like I'm looking for but I'm not saying that's right and yours is wrong. I'm saying that I, I love that the so this goes back to my original point that kind of got us on this track is every owner is in a different place looking at this in a different way, which makes right. it incredibly exciting. So I'm with you. I love that we have this unique bidding system. It's different. It's unique. And it creates a competitive level uh, at this time of this kind of this exciting time as we get ready for actual baseball uh, to kind of prepare our teams in, in a different way where it's where it's more about building a roster than necessarily just uh, beating someone in an auction, right? Right. I, there, I think that – there's there's pros and cons obviously sure. of a blind bid, but I think for the league we have set up, and yes, I do think this is more of a me versus my salary cap versus my needs more than it's me versus Blake or me versus Phil and Dustin or me versus you. 
like, yes, do I want to outbid? Do I know there's there's players that me and Chris may be going after this year at the same time because we it's kind of obvious where the holes are in everybody's lineup just by looking? Uh, there's obvious players, but let's just say we're both looking for a shortstop because I think we're both pretty good at shortstop. I think we're fine. I've got Tatis and he's got Machado or whoever he's starting there, Trey Turner. So we're not going after shortstops, let's say, theoretically speaking. Um but if we were, and I see that Carlos Correa is there, but there's also whoever else is there, we may not value him the same. But if we do, I do want to win that bid. So I do throw a couple extra dollars on that. But if I lose that bid, I've got a secondary shortstop deeper down that I throw a $2 bid on. I win both of them in this league. There's usually enough money to just stash one on the bench or cut them. And I don't think that that's like a I, I'm not suggesting that that's a way for everyone to run their team, but if you've got the room, a safety net bet in the first round is not a bad idea. All right, let's play. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some of these players as we begin to wrap up our free agency first week of free agency preview here. Miguel Cabrera uh, available. You, you mean Gar- you mean Garrett Cole Killer, based on his <laughs> stat right. line today? Absolutely, Miggy. He's ranked projection-wise through the fan track system. He's ranked as the 131st free agent available. Now, I bring this all up to ask you this, Justin. Miguel Cabrera, at the end of this season, he's in the top 50 of these free agents. Um, I signed him last year. How'd that work out? It did not work out. Okay, he's not. Okay. He may be one of those players, kind of like a Ruggio door that you ride for like three weeks because they're just ripping shop and, and killing it. But I don't see that he is a everyday starter. But it's funny when you scroll over to his name at 131, there's some names on here on the, page seven, if you will, of the of the free. There's names on page seven that like will get signed because people the way that they they. uh they they what's the word I'm looking for value these people. There's people like Ryu, my boy Hadugan from last year, ranked number 121 overall uh, at a 315 projection. Now projections are shit. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Pro- projections are what projections are. They're just that. They're projections. But I mean, Carlos Carrasco's there. Granted, you know, is he going to play the whole season? Is his health going to hold up? But there's some decent names at 135 that will get bids if not the first round, pretty quick. All right, let me run through some more of these names. We'll kind of rapid fire these just a little bit as we wrap up this segment. Craig Kimbrell, relief pitcher, closer for the Cubs. He's ranked 105th in this free agent class. Justin, will Craig Craig (laughs) Kimbrell Kimbrell be in the top five of relief pitchers at the end of the season? He's projected as the fifth best overall relief pitcher as of today for the season, so I will say no. All because right. I think we're gonna have I think we're gonna have a new flock of relief pitchers, plus we've got some guys that are going to be coming out that have that relief pitcher ranking all year. So if we're talking about starters in a relief position, he's not gonna be the top five because I don't think I think you're gonna have starters that keep up the top two or three of that. So statistically, no. All right. How about uh, D. Gordon, 201st in this free agent class, second baseman for those Seattle Mariners, obviously rebuilding. Will D. Gordon break the 100 ranking at the end of this season? I don't know if anybody on the Mariners will break any that's, records that's or any answer. barriers. 
It's a fair it's answer. Easy. I think that's the one team that really helps keep the Rangers out of the basement. All right. Dallas Keuchel, 86th in this free agent class, now with the Chicago White Sox. Does Dallas Keuchel break the top five in starting pitchers this season? I will say no to a top five, but I would not be surprised with a top 10 to 12. I think that White Sox team is going to be good. I think he's going to get run support, and I think that he is like has a potential to have a really good season. I don't know if you heard what he did the other night for, during spring training. He took the entire team and their wives out to dinner, the, the major leaguers, and he, he fronted the bill because he just signed that big contract. If you were taking a group that size to a steakhouse, how much do you think you'd spend? Uh, so you got 70 people there. Let's say 70, 70 people, people there. Yeah. Eight grand. He spent $25,000. Oh, okay. Well, that was a little under. <laughs> Must be nice. I'm going to throw one out for Must you, be. Travis. I'm going to throw one out oh. for you. And this one is this one. And we're going just free agents here. We're not talking overall players. Of all the available players currently, currently the number 12 best available free agents. I don't know where he ranks in the world. What is your prediction or what's your call on Josh Donaldson, one of the hottest major league free agents this year? People wanted him once Rendon came off the board. Where does he land in the final rankings of third baseman? Ooh, Josh Donaldson, I I think that overall that Minnesota Twins team has a chance to be a 100-win baseball team. Uh, I, I think they are the class of the American League Central. And clearly, if the Indians put all the things together and they don't have injuries and Jose Ramirez, Jose Ramirez, there's going to be competition there. But I think there's a chance that that Minnesota Twins team is going to be really good. Now, 100 is a little high, sure, but I think they could be in that high 90s on the win totals. And I think if that happens, Josh, Josh Donaldson is a huge reason why. And I think Josh Donaldson, he proved last year when he has something to show, um, you know, something to prove. And I think he's going to have now, of course, he's got that was a three or four year contract. And yeah, uh, but he's got something to show to a new team, a new city. Um, this is a team that has high expectations to win, you know, to win that central and to be in those playoffs. Yeah, I, I can see Josh Donaldson in that top five for sure when it comes to third baseman. If he's creeping towards third overall, uh, I'm not, especially in fantasy point value, I'm not going to be surprised at all at the end of the season. I mean, he's got a heck of a lineup as far as where he is going to fall. I mean, the third base projection wise, again, the third baseman, uh, there are eight, or, there's eight third basemen projecting over 500 points. The only other starting position that has that many is outfield, and that has three different positions you can play. And there's only 11 people that are projected for over 500 points, and two of them are third basemen who happen to happen to play outfield as well, and one of them is Cody Bellinger. So third base is really like – it's crazy because the Rangers can't find one, but it really is like the strongest – Look, position on the field right now, in my opinion, as far as power hitters, people that are going to put up points and people that are going to basically like the staple or the building block of many of our mm -hmm. franchises that we have in this league. Look, I'm, I'm a little upset with you now. Um, I feel like you just, 
you tricked me into talking real baseball and giving away how much I love Josh Donaldson on a preseason before round one bidding episode of Just a Bit Outside. I feel like I gave a little too much away about Josh Donaldson, so I'd like you to cut all that and not include that in the episode, okay, please? First round bids open up this weekend. Travis will have his bids put in first because he's the commissioner, and that's the part that sucks about being commissioner. (laughs) Travis, as we wrap up free agency, why don't – because we do have a new owner. Welcome, Bobby. First shout-out on the uh, podcast. Dr. Bobby! Dr. Bobby's here. Next episode, we hope to bring Dr. Bobby in. Um, And then once we're done talking to Dr. Bobby, we'll be sure to save some time for Phil and Dustin to come in and talk as well. Um, And then maybe – hey. Actually, let's bring Dane on, and then we'll talk about bringing Phil and Dustin on. Dane's going to join us in 2021. It'd be good to meet the owner early. Hey, and um, I and I, I will say, you know, Dane will, is the owner of Franchise Eleven. I, I'm I think we're a couple of days away from announcing the owner of Franchise Twelve. That's a little tease. In case you missed the vote, we are expanding. <laughs> things are, um, things are going to be a little different next season. It is. We're going to have a longer I hope we podcast. We can handle that. We have to, you know, talk about an extra game every week. <laughs> so, Travis, why don't you run us through how first round bidding is going to work? And let's get out of here. We've been talking on baseball that hasn't even started yet for almost an hour. Uh, sometime Sunday afternoon, I will open up the first round of 2020 free agency blind bidding. It'll be through a Google form like it has the last several years. But through that Google form, you'll have opportunity to to put the player that you'd like from the free agent class, uh, how many year contract you'd like to give them, five is the maximum, and how many dollars per year you would you are bidding for that player. Now, uh, as the round goes, which will go from Sunday afternoon, deadline is noon this Thursday, this upcoming Thursday. Um, it, once all those bids are in, we tally up who's got the highest bid for all these different players, and Teams begin to take shape for the 2020 campaign, and every bid must go through the Google Form system, and highest total value contract wins the player. If we have any ties on those highest total value contracts, we'll have supplemental bids between the tied franchises. That usually happens via text. Uh, Owners will have opportunity to up their bid if they would like uh, uh, to obtain the services of that particular player. So we'll do three rounds of this um, over the next week and a half or so. And then uh, by that time, we're going to be a week or so out from real life baseball and getting ready for the 2020 campaign of Harry Doyle fantasy baseball. So just for clarification, if there's a tie and neither team wants to up their bid, it goes to nut shots, right? (laughs) you can take the most shots in the nuts so the supplemental bids go until somebody wins the player and it usually usually goes it's usually yeah it's usually one bid but so that starts on sunday and you will be putting yours in early and one other person from the league yet to be identified will be putting theirs in at that deadline as well correct and they will be the two that have access to the spreadsheet until thursday's deadline and then you will be sending out the spreadsheet through email. And then we open up round two like the next day, right? That's like you've been listening or something. Way to go, Justin. I've been around for a while. I kind of got this thing down. Good job. 
it's crazy what nine years in a baseball league is. And, you know, when you have said on on the record multiple times you should have quit year one, but now you can't. <laughs> <laughs> now, just don't put your bids in for 21. This is only for 2020. Five years, $85, Mike Trout. A year, $85 a year. I'm putting it on the record now. Okay. That's what I'm bidding. That seems high. Eh, we're up in the, hey, we'll have two new teams, so we're going to up the salary cap next year because that's, you nope. ask and you get, right? No one's hey, ever said that. a couple that. extra years. No one's ever said that. So, Travis, this is your last shot. Would you like to tell us how much you hate Josh Donaldson? <laughs> I said, guys, terrible. Jo- Look, if you bid on Josh Donaldson, you're an idiot. You, you might as well be a Houston Asterix fan. You understand? Don't do it. The Twins are going to be horrible, okay? Josh Donaldson might as well just stolen money from a baby. You understand? Don't do it. What's your thoughts on Gavin Lux? I love that kid. I've seen him play live here in Oklahoma City, man. Good stuff. Well, there you have it. That is just a bit outside. First episode of the offseason. We will be back probably after free agency bidding round one to talk about the winners and losers of round one and look ahead to round two. No guarantees we will do this show every week, but we'll see what happens. Hey, we're all winners. We're all winners because it's fantasy baseball season. Travis, send us off with your classic clothes. So long, everybody. <laughs>